Hello, everybody. Today is March 28th, 2023. I'm honored that I have Leonard Whitman, who's with Whitman and Stadenauer in Florham Park, New Jersey. He's an attorney. He specializes in pensions and retirement plans, deferred compensation, and as well as estate planning. And hello, Lenny. Thanks for joining us today. Bob, it is always a pleasure to be on a panel with you. I feel uh, very distinguished well, to, be able to do that. It's more the other way, but as everyone can see, we have a mutual admiration society here. Now, Lenny, Len, in addition to being an attorney, Lenny, after law school, worked for the IRS in their pension department or division, and then he's been on his own for 40 years at least. At certain ages, we don't want to say how long it's been, but it's been a while. <laughs> And in addition to advising many of my clients on their retirement and deferred compensation plans, he's also advised me over the years. And Lenny, over the last few years, there's been a lot of changes to the laws that have affected um, uh, closely held businesses. Um, and if let's assume that we have someone who has a closely held business. What sort of retirement plan should they be looking at now? Okay, so what occurs is there's basically two separate types of retirement programs. One is called the defined contribution plan. One is called the defined benefit plan. My parents wanted to be in a defined benefit plan. It's almost like Social Security. It's a guaranteed benefit that you receive every month for your lifetime when you retire. But businesses don't want to be put in a commitment, any type of fixed retirement program. So the plan which has been in effect for the past number of years and is really the plan of the 21st century is a defined contribution plan. Now, can we More just specifically a 401k defined contribution plan? All right. So the 401k, as most people are familiar with, that's the plan where you set aside some money from every paycheck. And in many cases, the employer will match you with a defined benefit plan. I guess they're most limited right now to government agencies where you get a percentage of your final salary in many cases or some benefit based on your longevity for as long as you live. Exactly correct, Bob. You nailed it. And that's exactly it. So whether it's working for a large corporation or for the federal government, those are plans and they're few and far between. The 401k plan, however, as you mentioned, is where the employer may or may not put in, but you have the ability to put in. Now, previously, the amount you could have put into the 401k plan was not a lot, but now, regardless of your compensation, you can put away approximately $22,000 a year into a 401k plan, either pre-tax dollars, 401k, where the money reduces your taxable income, the money grows tax deferred, and when you pull it out, it's taxable to you, or after tax, Roth 401k money, where you're putting the money in, but you're not taking a deduction on your tax return. Bob, you asked a question about a new start company, where you have a new company, and you want to set up some type of retirement plan. Why? Well, previously, let's use a simple example, Bob, whether the person is incorporated, self-employed, LLC, it doesn't matter. In 2022- Can we just take, let's just take a step back. Sure. A lot of people say, I'm going to start a business 
and I want to form an LLC for tax reasons. For purposes of a pension, it doesn't pay. 100% correct. For taxes, it doesn't pay. LLC is formed for liability purposes. But the liability could pierce that LLC if you you commit a tort or if you personally guarantee an obligation. 100% correct. So for retirement plan purposes, it really does not matter when you want to set up a plan what type of entity you establish. And when you establish a new company, you don't want a fixed commitment. You want a discretionary program, which is the 401k profit sharing type of plan. Now, one major change that has just occurred, Bob, a year ago, is for a calendar year entity, they had to know by the end of the year whether they wanted to establish a plan and have an approximate idea of what they wanted to put into it. No longer, up until the due date of the return with extensions, you can establish a plan for the prior year. So it gives a golden opportunity for somebody now in March of 2023 to look at, maybe I wanted to establish a profit sharing plan for 2022. Contribute into that plan now and get a deduction for 2022, something very unusual in the tax law. Now, when they when they set up these, once you form the plan, so now you set up the plan for 2022, then it's good and you don't have to reestablish it every year in the future. It's already in shape. And depending on the terms of the plan, it could be a discretionary amount that you put in every year. A hundred percent correct, Bob. And you can do that plan either through a lawyer or through a brokerage house or through a payroll service. Everybody but everybody's in the retirement plan area now. Why? 40% of the net worth in the United States are in these plans. Whether it's an individual retirement account or a Roth IRA or a 401k, this is where the money is. And all that money that are in these plans pay no tax on any of the growth or earnings until the money is withdrawn. All right. So now you spoke about the traditional 401k where you put it in pre-tax and then you take when you take it out, you have to pay taxes on it. But there's some issues. For example, let's assume I set up a traditional plan. I buy some growth stocks. And if I kept them individually, I pay capital gains on it. But now when I take it out from the plan, I'm paying or effectively paying ordinary income taxes on it, but I'm paying it sometime in the future. Absolutely correct, Bob. Your analysis is right on. The question is, if I think I have a stock that is going to appreciate dramatically, do I have that as part of my retirement plan? knowing that the money could sit in there and pay no taxes and no income, either at capital gains or ordinary income, until it's withdrawn, which generally now starts at age 73? Or do I buy it personally and pay the effective tax rate of maximum 20 or 25% between federal and state? You need a really good CPA to help you to make that determination 
of what you will, would do. And if you hold that stock until you die, you get the stepped up basis and then you never pay any taxes on it. Absolutely and correct. Your state never pays any income taxes. They may have to pay estate taxes. Absolutely correct. And you really have to crank out numbers. When the stock market was increasing 8, 10, 12%, the qualified plan looked pretty good because the compounding effect over 30, 40, or more years. But with the stock market going down and the bond market going down for many of our clients the past couple of years, that analysis is has to be looked at even more closely than it was before. One other question, Bob. When you're first starting out in business and you may not have a large taxable income, Maybe if you establish a plan, you want to contribute with after-tax money, Roth money. When you're earning large sums of money, hopefully, during those earning years, you want to have that money pre-tax because that tax deduction is worth a lot to you. And as you get to retirement and you begin to decide that you don't want to just quit but slow down, Maybe you want to flip at that stage back to after-tax contributions. A Roth. So, a Roth, exactly. And these have gotten more complicated over the years because of all the variations and all the options we have available, whether it's a IRA or a Roth IRA, whether it's a 401k or a Roth 401k. But I have to told you that for 45 years, I've done this. And I think the best way to accumulate assets are to inherit the money. You don't have to deal with any of this, but a second good way and a really, really good way is the qualified retirement plan. Sheltering dollars into these funds work for a multitude of reasons and work very nicely over the long period of time. Now, right now, you have to start taking out the money when you're 73. Is it the year that you're 73 or the year following when you're 73? Another great question, Bob. If you turn 73 this year, you do not have to withdraw any money this year. You have to withdraw the money by the April 1st of your 74th birthday. However, if you wait until the April 1st of the year following your 73rd birthday, in that second year, you have to take out two distributions. The distributions are generally based upon a uniform table. Generally, you have to take out about 3.8% the first year, three point, uh, close to 4% the second year, and you can always take out more. You can't take out less. The penalty up until this year for failing to withdraw the minimum amount was 50%. However, 50% of the amount you should have withdrawn, draconian. But the new law, the SECURE Act that was enacted last year, reduced that amount to 25% and 10% if it's withdrawn by the December 31st following the year you should have taken out. So Bob, this is another area where an expert is needed. If you're going to stay in New Jersey and you're going to withdraw IRA money, maybe you should take some out in 73 and some out in 74 and don't double up, especially that New Jersey has no inclusion if your pension number 
is below a certain AGI. However, if you're going to leave the, this beautiful state and move to another state like Florida, maybe you want to wait and take your withdrawal while you're in Florida because New Jersey cannot tax you on that money if you're no longer a resident of the state, even though you earned it here. And so you see, I'm sorry. I no, no, no. So that issue, like everything else, is, is an issue on the table. And that also applies if you're in Washington, which has no taxes, or um, um, you know any of the other states that don't know. Wyoming, I guess, uh, South Dakota, whatever the, the other states are. Texas, you're absolutely correct. It's part of that analysis that you have to look at to figure out. I always tell my clients, before you take out one dime of this retirement money, you should always speak to your financial advisor and get their opinion of how to take it out and when to take it out. Now, the, the age 73, that's going to grow to 75 over the next few years, correct? It is. What has happened is that they, every number of years, Congress has to go through this issue. A, we don't want people to be on welfare. So we don't want them to run out of retirement money. So they've moved the age up. It was 70 and a half. It was 72. And for those individuals that turned 72, it's actually 72 this year. But in 2023, it's 73. By 2035, it's going to be 75. And what occurs is the longer you leave it in the fund, the more that you have the opportunity not to run out of money. Right now, in the past, you and I have spoken about this, that if you have a pass-through entity, a subchapter S, a part, a partnership, or an LLC that elects to be taxed in either of these uh, in either of these forms, you get the qualified business income deduction. That is and correct. So, so now, when you're putting money in, you you maybe are getting a tax at a rate of twenty nine point six, but when you're taking it out, you may be taxed at a thirty seven percent. And I remember you were the first one who brought this to my attention. Any thoughts about that? No, and the problem is it's not only 37, it could be higher depending on where you live, federal and state or tax rates change. Absolutely, it's in the, uh, it's something to consider when you set up a plan. A lot of my clients, when I explain this to them, contribute, but maybe they don't do maximum because the maximum amounts have increased dramatically over the couple of years. So what they'll do is they'll put something in. They may not go to the full amount. There are other clients that say, if I could save my taxes today, I don't care about the future. I'll worry about the future. I'm putting the maximum amount into my program. Now, what about, um, okay, so you mentioned about putting the money in, but what about someone who doesn't necessarily need the money? Why don't they just put it into a Roth 401k or a Roth IRA? The tax deduction only, Bob. The only reason is for your tax deduction. If the individual is in the maximum 40% bracket and we're putting $20,000 into the 401k plan, if I'm putting it away after tax, I'm putting it away. If I'm putting it away pre-tax, $20,000 at 40%, it's $8,000 in a tax refund. Their decision. So you that decision every year you're making that. Every decision you make the year and then you got to see it down the line. One other consideration, Bob, that has recently changed, which I know you and I have talked about. Previously, my planning for my own family was very simple. I put in the maximum amount I could. I let it stay there. 
When I get to 70 and a half, which now is 73, I will take the minimum distribution. If I die, I will transfer it to my wife. And upon her demise, because the money is still sheltered, it could have been payable to the children or grandchildren over their lifetimes. Congress changed the law last December. Except for some rare instances where you have a minor child, not a grandchild, someone who's disabled or chronically ill, you have to pay the benefits out generally within a 10-year period after my wife and I die. So now if we have all this money in the plan, and I've been sheltering it at various brackets, if all the money has to come out to my one child within a 10-year period, I may put that one child in the maximum bracket. So I put it in at a lower bracket, withdrew it at a higher one. We want it the other way around. Exactly. And this is only if you have a child who has health issues. No, this is anybody who is not with health issues. This is the standard. Your kids are great and everything is wonderful. They have to withdraw it within 10 years. If they have health issues, you still may be able to stretch it out like we did before over lifetime. Okay. So if you have, if it's 10 years, if, if they're, if they don't have health issues, they have to take it out over 10 years. Now, could you take it out a little bit? Does it have to be evenly over 10 years or can it be back end loaded? Great question, Bob, as you usually do. If the individual died before the required beginning date, age 73, you have total flexibility on what you want to do over the 10 year period, and you can pull it out in the last year. If you died after your required beginning date, you need to pull it out over the lifetime of the beneficiary, but no more than 10 years over the life expectancy of the beneficiary. So if hypothetically your beneficiary is 50, when you pass away, the the distribution must be 133rd the first year, then 132nd, then 131st. And then in the 10th year, the whole kit and caboodle has to come out. Okay, so you can back end loaded. Yeah, you can do back end loaded. If it's a Roth, you may decide to just leave it in the account for 10 years, tax sheltered, tax free, and pull it out in the last year. So, because it's non taxable. All of these things now interrelate very, very much because pension attorneys did not usually have to deal with income tax. Now, They've really kind of melded together to not be able to do anything in a vacuum. All right. Now, when when they take okay, so when they take the money out now, my suggestion, if I have someone who's coming out who they're going to be a high earner, they've got an degree from professional school, whatever. I've many cases asked them to consider putting all their money right up front into a Roth 401k as opposed to a traditional 401k or if they're gonna inherit a lot of money at some point in the future. Are there any uh, comments you have about that? No, I think it's a really good idea because you know one of the things clients say to me is, are they gonna change the law? And the answer is, yeah, they're always gonna change the law. But a Roth, the contract with the government is that the Roth money is never to be taxed. It is totally free. And I think your planning is a good planning. Look. You'll pay a little bit more tax now, but look at this account. It is sheltered. It is generally exempt from most creditors, and it is growing totally free. And 
There are no lifetime distributions from a Roth IRA. And they changed the rules with respect to Roth 401k plans, but effective next year, effectively, there are no lifetime distributions. So if someone dies that they hang on till next year and they have a Roth 401k, they never have to make distributions during their lifetime. That is correct. And upon their demise, if they leave it to their spouse, no distributions for the spouse during their lifetime. And Bob, this is a wonderful savings account. Everyone is always concerned of what money will I have left over when I retire? Couldn't ask for better money. Totally in a tax-sheltered vehicle, pays no income tax. You can draw whatever you want, and whatever you want is free. We used to set up assets being payable not just to the children, but also to grandchildren. So we know that the money has to be withdrawn within a 10-year period. Maybe in my case, my assets all shouldn't be paid to my wife now. Maybe I should pay 80% of my IRA to my wife and pay 10% each to my children. Maybe upon my wife's death with her IRA, maybe 30% should go to each of the children and 40% to the grandchildren. Spreading brackets. What bracket are they in? So it's a constantly evolving thing. You know, Bob, you mentioned when you set up a plan initially, you can let it go and keep going every year. That's absolutely right. It works perfectly. But on the distribution ends now, more than ever, you have to revisit it every couple of years to take into consideration different changes in families, different assets, allocations, and what the intent of the parties are. All right. So it gives everyone, this is a lot to think about on all of these items here. And it's just amazing how the retirement plans have really come into their own is just a major force. When you mentioned that they have 40% of um, people's net worth are tied up in uh, deferred compensation plans of some sort on this. Yeah, right. it's, it's dramatically, Bob. I mean, when you and I first started, you know, it was an ancillary thing to the majority of our clients. They had their compensation, they had their packages. They had the companies that were forming. Now for many of the clients, it becomes a next to their home, their second largest asset, unless they are, were in their own business or entrepreneurs. So for many of the executives, um, it's, it's a significant portion. And one other thing to remember, it is not controlled by your will. Your will has no bearing on where the retirement money goes. You and I both know, Bob, that beneficiary designation form that is filled out, whether it's online with the institution or going and just name somebody, that's where the money goes. It does not go under your will. All right. Uh, now, I okay, that, that's very helpful on these items here. And is there anything else that you want to add? Because this has been just a... Um wealth of information that you're sharing with everybody. Is there anything else? I don't think so. I think, Bob, that to a great degree, though, for each of your clients who are and individuals who are listening to this, you're going to get involved with the retirement plan area some way, shape, or form. A question from a father or a mother or a cousin or something like that. You don't have to be experts, but many individuals used to shy away from this area because it was like, you know, it's the pension. We keep that aside. You can't any longer. 
It's an integral part of families planning. And as long as you're aware of the basic things that are out there and that there are people that you can rely upon to give you information, please go more than the internet. There's a lot of information on the internet that is not correct in this area. Please speak to an advisor who knows what they're doing and they can assist the family. Bob, I love this area. I am. I teach it, as you well know, and there's a lot of very, very good things that are available here, not the least of which it's a really nice feeling when you're 85 years old and you're sitting with a couple of million dollars in the retirement account, and it's like, okay, I'm good. Life is good. Well, that's why I continue to recommend people to you and people should be using someone, either you or someone like you who has the expertise on this. And I appreciate all of your help. And um, it's Leonard Whitman, W-I-T-M-A-N at Whitman, Stadenauer in Florham Park, New Jersey. So thanks very much. 